1: The chairman of uh, the ARU, Australian Rugby, is Hamish McLennan. Hamish, it's great to have you on the program. Hi there, how are you? What's in store for Melbourne audiences this weekend and the the opportunity for rugby?
0: Some, Some of the best provincial rugby you'll see in the world. So we've confirmed our competition structure through to 2030 with New Zealand, we're all getting on very well and Melbourne's probably the best place in Australia to host any sporting event. We love going down there it's a development market for ourselves. Um, the government's supportive, everything's so well organized. So even even if you're an AFL nut, go to one of the games because you'll have a lot of fun and it's great for the whole family.
1: So there are rich choices here, Hamish. What, what are you hearing around the, the traction and the ticket sales that you've got going?
0: Um, look, you know, there's there's definitely some interest, we think, because the Super Round is all held in one place. There'll certainly be great viewership. Um, you know, we we accept that we're not going to sell, um, you know, MCG-style stadiums out for rugby, but we're taking a long-term view there. So, as you correctly mentioned, we've got the Bledisloe coming up at the MCG. So we're thinking big and we think Melbourne will get behind supporting the Wallabies in their country, and it'll be great later in the year. So you know, we have sort of realistic sort of expectations. But um, you know, I'm, an, I'm I'm very grateful for you hearing me talk. So you know, today, if you've you know, if you haven't seen a game of rugby, go to go to any one of the games. It's a lot of fun.
1: What what traditionally has the place of rugby been in Melbourne? There, there's a very significant core group that have always sort of held functions and. And it is hard to get a ticket to a wallabies test in Melbourne. They're always in great demand. And but in the pecking order, um, I'm curious as to where you see Melbourne.
0: Oh, look, I lived in Melbourne myself. I I I love it there. So a sports mad city. I mean, even if you go back I mean the the history of the wallabies goes back, you know, um, you know, well over a hundred years. So we've actually had Uh, Wallaby players come out of Victoria over the years. And so it was played more decades and decades ago. There's there's still sort of a core group through some of the private schools, and we've got a big island, Pacifica sort of community that's right into their rugby and starting to produce some great players. So um, I I I think rugby has coexisted. My personal view is that it's coexisted with the AFL really well, more so than say you know I'd say the NRL. And look at the Bledisloe in Melbourne, which was an unbelievable game. We were on the wrong side of of winning, but uh, at Marvel Stadium last year it was an absolute belter. So so there's a lot of affection for the Wallabies and rugby in Melbourne, and so we want to foster and grow that. Over over time, and so again, we view it as a really strategic, important market. And then you've got the Lions coming up in 2025 and the World Cup. So I think I think Melbourne's going to be well represented with, with all those big tournaments. And again, you can love you can love the AFL and still rugby. So so we hope Melbourne turns out for us.
1: The Wallabies are entering the the new phase under Eddie Jones. There's an unmistakable note of. Excitement around that, I think, is a, a real figurehead for the sport. Is it, it was a critical decision to make. It arguably the the biggest decision that administrators make is is the coach of a national team. As how have you felt that that's landed?
0: It's been transformative, and so Eddie's tough uh, in the world of rugby. People view him as the best coach, sitting above anyone and everyone and I've got to know him well over the last sort of a year and a half and, and more recently since we've been working closely since he he joined us he's phenomenal so again you know if you're if you're a back of an Australian team irrespective of what code you really go for this guy's a real deal and his work ethics unbelievable. Uh, he, you know, sending me texts in the middle of the night <laughs> and, uh, you know, working night and day to get us back to where we need to be. So I just think having the Australian in there who really knows our pathways, our player group, who's feisty, he's, he's incredible. I couldn't be happier.
1: How determined were you to get him when you realised that there might have been an opening being presented by England?
0: Oh, look, I must confess, I got missile lock on him. So <laughs> he's, uh, he, he's, he's just so good. So we're, we're already seeing it. Um, the rugby communities, the tempo's picked up. Everyone's really excited. We had a game uh, uh, at uh, Allianz Stadium on Friday night between the Brumbies and the Waratahs. You know, we had uh, around 25,000 people who turned up, which was far more than what we've had in recent years. Eddie was there, so everyone's talking about rugby at the moment, which is terrific, and um, and and it's very exciting leading into a World Cup, and just uh, anything can happen in a big tournament like the one which will happen in France uh, towards the end of this year. But you know, keep, keep an eye on, on on the Wallabies; we might be bolters in that tournament.
1: Is he a crossover figure, Hamish, like the the, the rare coaches tend to be? Is is he in that? That Ange Postecoglou, he, he can draw people, whether they are hardcore fans or, or just casual sports observers, to the cause.
0: Yeah, he can. And look he uh, his knowledge his knowledge of, of rugby and all sports is second to none. But but a lot of administrators that I've spoken to, you know, acknowledge that you know he's he's one of the top three or four coaches of any sport in the world. So. You know, when you think about the fact that you've got an Australian who's proven himself over there. I mean, he has, he's, the, he's got the best um, record in World Cups of any coach. And so he's got into the finals, um, you know, with England, Australia and South Africa all being part of the high-performance team or the head coach. The, guy, the guy's just ridiculously good. So all Australians, again, does, does, doesn't matter what code you barrack for, we don't mind, but the Wallabies apart from most
1: because you're barracking for australia hamish you, you referenced the restructure of the super rugby competition this has always been uh one of the most curious competitions to try to follow when it was split between australia new zealand and south africa and time zones and teams that you couldn't necessarily pin to where they were from it's a 12 team competition now is why do you feel like this is the right format to have locked in for the long term
0: Well, look, look, you're right, and I I reflect on what happened, you know, over the last, you know, one, one to two decades, it was very hard to follow. So if you look at the AFL and the NRL, one of the great advantages they have got is that there's continuity and consistency of viewing, and you know, you know, pretty much when games are on, and it's all very local. The thing with rugby is that you're playing on an international stage, so... You know, we we see that as uh, being a big differentiator for ourselves. I think where we're at at the moment is that we've now got a trans Tasman competition that provides that continuity I just referenced. So um, we're playing the best best provincial teams in the world that then lead to the national team. So uh, we've got Fiji and Moana Pacifica there, but we're all you know we're all we're all in the same sort of geography, which is which is pleasing. So we've we've done a deal through the two thousand and thirty. Everything's settling down. You know, we can host tournaments like this one in Melbourne now, where you can get to see all the, the teams and you know pick pick your side and follow them. And so that's that's just uh, that's going to be great for viewing. So you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, on any given weekend, there's there's you know a game of rugby on that you can see. So we think it'll work really well for us in the future. And you're absolutely right. You know, the, the game's been played. And, Argentina and South Africa, you know, in the middle of the night, and people were finding it very hard to follow that competition. Now it's a whole lot easier.
1: It's always healthy to have a little bit of argy bargy, but how are you going with New Zealand authorities at the moment, Hamish?
0: Yeah, look, look, look well. Um, we, we, we talk to them regularly. Our, our issue and our beef was always that, um, the deal that they were suggesting suggesting wasn't good for Australian rugby and it wasn't fair. So from 2026 onwards, it's 50-50. We'll support the um, Pacifica Nations with New Zealand and we've got five teams. And so the Melbourne Rebels are locked in, the Force in Perth are locked in. So that's all we ever wanted. So we're actually incredibly easy to deal with once once uh once it's locked in on a fair basis we'll honor the contract exactly into the letter of the law of, of what we've agreed But it just had to be based on fair don't forget what new zealand in the old days and, and not not the current administration they were saying you can have two teams in a competition that they would own Yep. and we've said no it's got to be 50 50 in the joint venture so um we, we will be absolutely honorable anyway so look that's that's Sort of me, me saying the past, but we get on really well with the Mark Robinson from, who's the CEO of NZR, our guys are regularly in contact with those people, and it, um, it'll, it's all going well. So we're very excited.
1: So that's the off-field, and then there's the on-field. Hamish, how critical is it for Australian teams? So the, the domestic teams in the, or the provincial teams in the super rugby and the Australian team against the All Blacks to break, I guess, the, the stronghold to break, I don't know whether it's an inferiority complex on the field against New Zealand rugby. rugby.
0: Yeah, it's critical. Like we're, we're here to win tournaments and win games. Um, you know, we, we could talk for hours about this, but I think having somebody like Eddie Jones back, getting the provincial competition sorted out, cleaning up our pathways, having administrators that um, are really on song, you know, within rugby Australia and and what we want to achieve is is critical. So it does take time. So I've got to, you know, I've got to be clear that Eddie's not going to win every game. We do think that um, he's a phenomenal talent that, You know, we've got to do it differently. So our goal is to win those World Cups and Lions Series um, and everything in between. So, you know, expect that you'll see, and we we dearly hope that we'll get better performance out of the Wallabies. But it's a complex issue. It's like a Rubik's Cube. You can't just sort of fix it straight away. But we're certainly heading in the right direction.
1: Hamish, it's good to catch up, particularly against uh, ahead of such a a showpiece weekend in, in Melbourne. Thanks for your time.
0: Pleasure. Thank you.
1: Hamish McLennan is the chief, well, he's the chairman of uh, the ARU, Australian Rugby Union.